worship team for leading us in worship this morning. That last song, it talked about uh, the light of God's glory. When I was driving in this morning, I, I was coming down the, the street, and all of a sudden, just the, the sunlight just came through with such brilliance. And I know it's because we've had so much rain this week that all the garbage and the junk and the smog and the pollution has gotten washed out of the sky, and it just shone like it was, it was, it was almost blinding. I looked off to the side to look at the sun, and I was like, oh man, that is, that is really bright light. When we get a rain like we've had this week, in some ways it's like a double blessing. Because it blesses the ground and, uh, and, and the plants, and they get the water that they need, but it also clears out the sky, and we get that, the brilliance of the sunshine. And I was thinking about that uh, in relationship to today's message, because today I want to talk about the blessing of God, and I want to emphasize that there is a double blessing. The double blessing is found in Proverbs 11.25, and it says... The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Now, is that not a good verse or what? Now, that, that's a verse you can preach on, which I'm about to do. The one who uh, blesses others, when we are a blessing to others, then we ourselves are abundantly blessed. And that is a scriptural promise that we ought to hang on to. That is, that is a blessing. Uh, now, it doesn't mean that everything always goes well. It doesn't mean that you'll never have a bad day if you're blessed by the Lord. It doesn't mean that you'll never have a, a toothache or a tummy ache. It doesn't mean that there won't be days that you go three miles on the I-5 in 60 minutes, which is what happened to me yesterday. Ah! You don't feel blessed when you're stuck on the freeway like that and the rain's coming down and, and you're like, what is going on up there? Uh, but what it does mean is that you can sense the goodness of God in your heart even when you're stuck on the freeway. You see, blessing is really uh, what, what happens in our hearts and our lives when God moves in our hearts and our lives. The blessing, when we talk about it in a biblical sense, it's grounded in two things. It's grounded in the goodness of God and in the power of God. God's blessing is grounded in the goodness of God and in the power of God. So, to consider that in light of the double blessing, uh, to be blessed is to experience the goodness and power of God in your life. That's what it means for us to be blessed. Now, for us to be a blessing to others, to be a blessing is to pass on the goodness of God to others through the power of God in you. And I want to talk about that. We're talking about the Holy Spirit that lives in us, that we pass on the goodness of God to others through the Holy Spirit that works in us. So when we talk about blessing, we're talking about something very significant. It's, it's more than just what you say when, when you... Achoo! There you go. Thank you. It's more than just uh, uh, saying uh, God bless you after a sneeze. It's more than the prayer you'll give uh, before the Thanksgiving meal. It, uh, what we're talking about is to be used by God, to, to be a vessel of blessing, is to show others... The goodness of God, his character, who he is. 
It's his, it's his, it's his, it's his patience. It's his love. The goodness of God, all of who he is, and it's poured out through us. It's the power of God, the Holy Spirit. And so what we are talking about this morning is how can we be vessels of blessing? How can we be used by God so that others would experience the goodness of God from our lives? And that is a wonderful thing. That, that's the double blessing that we get to uh, be blessed when others are blessed through us. It's, it speaks of not only our words, but our actions. Dallas Willard says, Blessing is the pro- projection of good into the life of another. It isn't just words. It's the actual putting forth of your will for the good of another person. It always involves God because when you will the good of another person, you realize only God is capable of bringing that. So it's the bringing the, uh, the goodness of God into the, uh, into the lives of another person, and only God can really do that. So we offer ourselves as vessels of blessing that God would move and work through us. So that's what I want to talk about this morning. I'm going to give us five ways that we can be a blessing to others. And they're grounded in the, script, in, the, in the passage of Galatians 3, verses 1 through 14. We're going through Galatians as a church, and today we're in Galatians 3, 1 through 14. And, uh, and, we're ta- and, and what we have in these verses is the truth that you have been redeemed to be a blessing. God has saved you. He's redeemed you. He's forgiven your sins. He's called you into his family. You are a child of God so that you can be a vessel of blessing, so that you can, uh, so that you can uh, pour out God's goodness uh, through your life. And so we'll talk about how are we a vessel of blessing. What are ways that we can uh, be used by God to bless others? So let's go before the Lord in prayer and ask him to speak to us. God, when we think about uh, this double blessing, that we bless others, and in the process we are abundantly blessed, God, we just pause and, and we just say thank you because you are the source of all blessing. God, we thank you that you are good in all your ways, that you are so full of love, that you are so full of kindness and generosity and, and uh, gentleness and patience to us. And God, we, we long to be those kind of people. God, we want to be the type of people that in our relationships, among our family and our friends and our coworkers and, and our ch- fellow church members and our neighbors and in all of our relationships, we want to be the type of people that others would experience your goodness by having a relationship with us. God, we just really want to be vessels of blessing. And God, we know that when others experience your goodness through us, then we are, according to those verses, that verse in Proverbs 11, that we are abundantly blessed. And so God, we ask now that you just come and have your way, that you would speak to us, that you would speak through your word, that you would use uh, my words, and God, may it hit home for each person that's here. May they find a word that is that is helpful for them. May they be strengthened in their own uh, walk with you today. And ultimately, God, help them to be a blessing and to be abundantly blessed. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Okay, so as I said, we're in Galatians 3, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 14 today. So open up your Bibles. We're in Galatians 3, 1 through 14. There's, there's pew Bibles uh, under the seat. I'll also have the, the verses on the screen. Uh, but if you've been tracking with us, you'll recognize, uh, Pastor Corey, you're getting out of order. Last week, we were in the beginning of chapter 2, and, uh, and I'm purposely skipping over the second half of chapter 2 this morning because the second half of chapter 2 is a, is a tricky passage. It really, it, uh, it's a passage on racism. What we see happening in the churches in Galatia are, uh, are uh, especially Paul calls out Peter. He's treating the Jews and the Gentiles differently, and Paul says, hey, that's not right. You're, sh- you're showing prejudice. It's such a tricky passage, especially in our world today, that I'm going to pass the buck. Next week, we're going to have a guest preacher, and, uh, and he'll take on the second half of chapter two. But uh, mainly because I just, uh, I, I invited David Katani to come. David grew up in our church, and, uh, and he's a missionary in East L.A. now. And we, as a church, uh, support him. And I thought, you know, David is just, he's living it. He's a, first of all, he's an Asian-American man living in a community that's primary, primarily a Latino and African-American community. And, uh, and he's a man that's grounded in God's Word. So David's going to be our guest preacher next week. And he'll expound on chapter 2. And it'll be a blessing for us. So be sure to be here. It'll be awesome. But today we're jumping ahead to chapter 3, and uh, we're going to be looking at verse, verses 1 through 14. And I'll, I'll take these in, in sections. So first of all, verses 1 through 6, it says, You foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? Aren't you happy that's not your pastor? You fools! And Paul, and Paul just comes out swinging. You foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish that after beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by works of the law or by believing what you have heard? So Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. What we'll see here in these first verses is Paul is picking up on some of the themes that he's talked about that we've talked about the last few weeks. He's coming after this false teaching that's, that's uh, penetrated the churches in Galatia. The false teaching in Galatia was by who we have identified as the Judaizers. The Judaizers were saying, yeah, sure, you're saved by grace by placing your faith in Jesus Christ. But now that you're Christians, you got to become Jews too. You got to obey the commandments of Moses. You got to keep the Old Testament ceremonial laws. And, uh, and, and Paul says, are you so foolish that you begun by means of grace, by, by the Spirit, that now you're going to try to finish the work by your own efforts? 
keeping the law? Are you, are you really deceived that badly? And Paul said, yeah, these guys, they sound convincing, these false teachers. They appeal to Moses. And what Paul does here is he says, that might sound like a biblical argument. I'll even give you a better biblical argument. I'm going to go back a step further, not to Moses, but to Abraham. And he quotes from Genesis uh, Uh, where it says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham was this huge hero of the faith. He was the forefather of of the nation of Israel, of the Jewish religion. And yet he was credited as righteousness before Moses ever existed before the law ever came into being. So Paul, uh, so Paul says, you want to appeal to Moses? I'll do you one better. I'll take you back to the person of Abraham. Abraham is the father of our faith. He lays the foundation more than anyone. He continues on along these lines. In verse 7, he says, Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. You and me, we are Abraham juniors. We're, we're following in the line. If we have faith in Jesus, we're, in the, we're children of Abraham. The scriptures foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce that and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. And here's the, here's the gospel. All nations will be blessed through you. That's the promise, the good news that was given to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. If we are Christians, we're saved by, by faith, right? In Jesus Christ. And his death on our behalf. And as such, in a sense, we're the true Jews. Because we have accepted Jesus as our Messiah. As the Savior and, the, and, and our Lord. And what that means is if we are in the line of Abraham, then the promise to Abraham is also true for us. And what's the promise uh, to Abraham? That all nations, that everyone would be blessed through you. So in other words, God has redeemed you to be a blessing. God has saved you through Jesus Christ so that others would be blessed through you. Continuing on, verse 10. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law, which none of us do everything. We are cursed, therefore. But uh, clearly no one relies on the law, is justified before God, because the righteous will live by faith. So we live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says, the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us, from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. And Jesus was hung on the cross to be the curse for us. Therefore, verse 14, He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that, all, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Holy Spirit is the power of God in us. So that when we are saved, we have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit lives in us to give us the power to be a blessing, to to pass on to the nations the goodness of God. When Abraham first received this promise, he was an old man, 65 years old. 
And uh, the Lord came to Abraham in his tent, and, and uh, he says, Abraham, you and by your descendants are going to be a blessing to many nations. Now, Sarah was in the other room. Sarah was 65 years her, her old herself. Abraham was 75 years, and she had a cup up against the wall of the door. She's listening in, and she hears that promise, and she laughs out loud. you got to be kidding me. uh, Abraham, my old husband, and I are going to be a father of a great nation, are going to have many descendants. I'm 65 years old, for goodness sake, and I've not had one child. And she laughed out loud. Well, uh, God heard Sarah's laugh, and and he says, you know what? The promise is so great that your descendants are going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky and as many as the sand on the seashore. And Abraham believed God. Even though he and his wife were well past childbearing years, he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now God told Abraham to pack up all your stuff. Abraham was a herdsman and he, uh, and he gathered all his sheep and his flocks and, and his cattle and they moved to a land that they did not know. Now that was faith in itself. That wasn't a working out trying to earn his salvation. That was an act of faith that he believed in God. And as he went, God blessed him. Now he was not perfect in any way, uh, by any means. In fact, he tried to take matters into his own hands and he messed up things uh, royally at times. But he continued to believe God and it would be another 25 years and they finally had their son Isaac. And it was through Abraham and Isaac and their children that the whole world would be blessed. Now ultimately that blessing would come through Jesus Christ who came from the line of Abraham. So that verse 14 of this passage says, He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the Holy Spirit. So again, to emphasize the main point of this sermon, you are redeemed to be a blessing. Now some of you hear that and you're like, no, 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 not me. Like, uh, I, I'm just a little old nobody. I, I, I may be, God may save me, but I'm, I'm, I'm nobody special. Why would, uh, God isn't going to really be a blessing to the world through me. Let's imagine you're walking down the street one day, and you find this dirty, rusty penny on the ground, and you decided to pick it up. Ah, it's just a penny, but nonetheless, it's money. You put it in your pocket. You get home, you take out your keys and your, your phone and everything, and you're like, oh yeah, shoot, I forgot I had this penny. And you, and you wash it off in the sink, and you get all the, 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 the dirt and the muck off of it, and you realize, hey, hey this is no penny. This is, this is some rare coin that I've never seen. You take it into an appraiser who uh, knows what he's talking about, and he says, oh my word, you found something truly, uh, truly spectacular here. That's a, that's a rare coin that there's only a couple that exist in the whole world. This, this coin is worth thousands of dollars. And that's you and me. We think that, uh, that God cleaned us up, and yeah, he washed away our sins. But don't ever get mistaken to think that you are not valuable. In fact, God wants to do spectacular things through your life. He wants you to be a blessing to others. I want to give us now five ways 
in which you can be a blessing to others. All of these will relate to the Abraham story, and they'll spell out an acronym, B-L-E-S-S, bless. So the first way that you can be a blessing to others is you can bring the gospel to others. You can bring the good news of Jesus. You might uh, not recognize how valuable that is, but you can change someone's life by just simply telling about, about the love of Jesus. I got a call this week on, uh, from a woman who's attended our church off and on for the last couple years, and she hasn't been with us a lot lately because her husband has been uh, very ill. And, uh, and, and when I first met her, we met uh, doing our door-to-door evangelism ministry on Thursday night, and when I first met her, uh, she said, can you pray for my husband, Tom? Because he's very sick and he doesn't know the Lord Jesus as his Savior and Lord. I said, I'll pray for sure. And I've been praying for Tom for the last couple years. In fact, I've been in in their living room and shared the gospel with him. And she called me up and she says, I just want to let you know that Tom passed away this past week. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I've been praying for his salvation for a long time. She said, that's the good news. Just a couple days before he died, he received Jesus into his life. And I got goosebumps as I'm talking to her because she was just, even though she had lost her husband, you could sense there was so much joy and peace in her heart. She knew that one day she would go and see him again in heaven one day. And she just knew that that was the biggest blessing. You know, when Abraham left his um, his. his, his homeland to go to a land that God would show him, uh, he, can't, he had to go. It says uh, the Lord told him to leave this land and go and to be God's representative in this new place. And you and I, we've received a go command as well. Jesus told us in the Great Commission, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. There's that idea of nations again. We are to be a blessing to all people by sharing the good news of Jesus with others. That's one huge way that you can be a blessing. So who is it that you're trying to share the gospel with right now? I hope there is a a person, a, a couple people that come to your mind. I hope that there are individuals that you're praying for on a regular basis, on a daily basis. In fact, maybe we could take a minute right now, not even a minute, like 20 seconds, and just give, uh, just offer these individuals up to the Lord again in prayer. Let's, let's just do that, actually. Let's just close our eyes and, and bow our heads. Who is it in your life that you would love to see become a Christian? A family member, a friend, a neighbor, a coworker? God, together as a church, we offer these individuals up to you. And we pray that you would help them to be saved. That you would, uh, that you would give them the gift of faith. That, uh, that they could live the abundant life, the abundant blessing of living with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. One thing is we can bring the gospel to others. The, the L is we can leave sin behind. Okay, I just want to say that that is a blessing.
Because when we leave sin behind, uh, we open ourselves up to, for God to fill us with something different. When we leave selfishness and pride and lust and, and, uh, and materialism or whatever it is, whatever attitudes or habits or things that we leave behind, we're filled with something new. We're filled with God's love and His generosity, His self-control, His patience, all of these things. And when we are changed like that, that is when we are a blessing to others. Abraham had to leave something behind, and you and I, as we uh, are followers of Jesus, we leave stuff behind as well. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said the, uh, the call to come and follow Christ is a call to, uh, to, to come and die. We put sin to death, and we open ourselves up to the to who God is, who God wants us to be. And that itself is a blessing because we, because we, uh, because we are examples of God's goodness and God's grace to others. We put those things to death and we open ourselves up to the fruit of the Spirit, which is what we'll talk about later in Galatians 5, to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The third way that we can be a blessing is e establish a good church. Establish a good church. Uh, the, there's a parallel between what Abraham exp, uh, experienced in the Old Testament and what we experience now after Jesus. In the Old Testament, in Abraham's time, the, the avenue of blessing was primarily through his line, the people of Israel, the nation of Israel. Now in the New Testament, we have a, a, a parallel in that the people that God uses to pour out his blessing is a church. Now, I know that this sounds very countercultural for what we experience today. Most people want to minimize the church and say, I can live out my faith. I don't need a church. I'll, I'll take it on on my own. It's a lie from Satan. As messy as the church is and as messed up as the church is, it is still God's primary way of equipping his people to do works of service. In fact, I've got a friend that says the church is a, is a mystery. It is simultaneously both messy and marvelous. It is all, no church is perfect. And West Covina Christian Church is not perfect, believe me. We got our own problems, and maybe you recognize those all too quickly. All I would say is, be a blessing. Help us to fix some of those things. But at the same time, even though no church is perfect, it is marvelous. Because we are the bride of Christ. We are the people of God that somehow, in the midst of all our messiness, God uses us. We have people that come up and receive prayer, and God answers those prayers. We've had people in our church that have been healed of, of terminal illnesses. Amen? Uh, we've had people that have had their lives changed because they hear the good news of God. The church is, is, is a mystery. How it works like this, I don't know. Why God doesn't choose a better plan, God's me, got me, but it's his plan, and so it's marvelous. The church is both messy and marvelous all at the same time. And all I can say is, don't fall into the trap to think, you know what, I'll just do this on my own. No, the, the church is here to be a blessing. And so my challenge to you is, find a place where you can serve. 
Be in a life group where you can get to know people. These things might seem so small. Or maybe you have some that say, I can do this and, and help the church grow in this way. I'm all ears. But it is a blessing to be able to strengthen God's people to do the works that God wants us to do. So that is number three, establish a good church. Number four is sow seeds of justice and righteousness. The work of uh, the, any good work that is done in society and in the world, because again, the world has a lot of problems. It's grounded in the goodness of God and in the power of God. Any good that has happened throughout this country's history and beyond has surely had its roots in who God is and what his, and, and what his word teaches. And you can call it social justice. You can call it works of righteousness. You can call it just good deeds, whatever you want to call it. My point is, find a place where you can sow seeds of justice and righteousness. When you see things that are wrong in the world, seek to rectify them by the the power of God. Things in your community, things in our country, no matter how big and maybe it seems political or how small and it just is among your neighbors, but sow seeds of justice and righteousness. This is a way that we can be a blessing to others. And lastly, and this is my favorite one, strengthen your family. That's the best way that you can be a blessing is by seeking to love your wife well or your husband well. Seeking to love your kids or your your parents or your your grandkids or your nieces or, or your nephews. You talk about the double blessing of wanting to be a blessing and in the process be abundantly blessed. When you bless your family, that is where you will experience the greatest blessing. Amen? Don't you, aren't you so thankful that uh, that in your family, when God works and moves, that that is where you get the most joy and satisfaction in life. Now it can be the greatest place of hardship. It can be the hardest place to serve the Lord. And that is probably true. Uh, but that's why we should seek to be a blessing by the power of God with our family. I know that that's true for me. Uh, My greatest responsibility is not being a pastor of West Covina Christian Church, though I take that responsibility very seriously. My greatest responsibility is to be a a husband to my wife, Chelsea, and a dad to my kids, Dawson and Kinsey. And that is your greatest responsibility as well, to be a blessing to your family. And in the process, you will be blessed. Again, I see a parallel with Abraham. It is from his is from his relationship with Sarah and then his children that the world would be blessed. And in the same way, when we establish uh, God's goodness in, in our families, the world is blessed be, because of it. When we had uh, parents that gathered a couple weeks ago uh, for a child dedication, we had three sets of parents, and, I, and when we went into the class, I always ask them the same question, uh, what are your hopes and your dreams for your kids? And all three of them said, my, my greatest hope and my greatest dream for my child is that he or she grow up to know Jesus as their Savior and Lord. And I say, amen, that's, that's my greatest hope and dream for my kids as well. And so we pray for them. And in fact, all five of these things are 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 done through a spirit of prayer. 
We bring the gospel to others by praying that they would come to know Jesus. We leave sin behind by, God, by asking God to strengthen us and sanctify us. We, we establish a, a, a good church by praying for our church and for the pastors. We sow seeds of justice and righteousness by, by praying for these things and then seeking to, to be active. And, we strengthen, and you strengthen your family by uh, praying for your family. Now, all of these things are very, very important. B-L-E-S-S. Uh, bring the gospel to others, leave sin behind, establish a good church, sow seeds of justice and righteousness, strengthen your family. There's a heaviness to every one of those. But I just want to remind you that God cares very much about every one of those. In fact, as we seek to bless others, it is the power of God in us. It's not in our own strength. We can't do it in our own efforts. And so we pray and we recognize, God, uh, that we are partnering with God in, doing, in bringing a blessing to others, to the world. And as we do, we experience the, the adventure of being a vessel of blessing. Because you have been redeemed to be a blessing. What if others said, you know what, I'm, I'm so glad that I, I know this person. I'm so glad that, that he or she knows you because they've experienced the goodness of God by, in their relationship with you. That's my hope and that's my prayer for, for those that would know me. What if the people in this church said, I, I got to know the goodness of God a little bit more because I was blessed to have so-and-so in my life group. Or I served alongside of that person in ministry, or I worshiped with that person on Sunday. Now that would be a blessing. And what if your family knew and loved Jesus because of the example that you set for them? Because you showed them the goodness of God, and you prayed for them in the power of God was poured out into your life. Now that is what it means to be a blessing, and it's a double blessing, because that is what it means to be abundantly blessed. Proverbs 11.25 says, the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Father God, we come before you, and we just thank you that you have blessed us so much. Because, God, as I look out over this sanctuary, I recognize that, there, that we are here in a room uh, full of people that have been very, very blessed. That you have uh, called us your own, that you have saved us, that you have redeemed us. I'm blessed to have known so many of them, to know, all, to know uh, the people here in this room. I'm blessed because I've seen your goodness in their life. I'm thankful for how you have answered prayers in their life. I'm thankful for how you are using them to, to bring up godly families. And God, we just offer ourselves again to you as vessels of blessing and pray that you would use us to make a difference in this world. God, as we uh, prepare to enter into this last uh, song, I pray that you would come and minister to us. God, I pray for that as the prayer counselors lie in the front of the church, that if there is anyone here that needs prayer, I pray that they would come and receive prayer and, and that you would heal and bless those things that they are asking for your help with. God, we are 
we are very mindful. We come before you. We come before the throne of grace, knowing that you are a God who is good and a God who is powerful. And God, we just surrender our lives to you. We lay them at your feet. We recognize that we can't do it on our own. That if we try to, we will fail over and over and over and over again. But God, if it is you in our lives and in our hearts, then there is potential to truly be a blessing for your goodness and your power to be poured out in us. And I pray that that is true for us as a church. I pray that that is true for every family represented here. I pray that is true for each of us individually, that we could be a blessing and in the process that we would be abundantly blessed. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.